This is Game Day Media. For all the latest in education and political news from around the state of Texas, visit my friends at TexasISD.com. The staff at TexasISD.com updates their site each morning with articles, commentary, and news from all over our state. If you have one site to bookmark and visit every day, it should be TexasISD.com. The crossroads of education and legislation. You're listening to Largent Unfiltered with Dr. Jim Largent. We're here this week with uh, Barry Hainish. Barry is a former educator and superintendent and now is the executive director of the Texas Association of Community Schools. Uh, Barry, welcome. Thank you very much, Jim. It is, it is great visiting with you again. Absolutely. I guess, first of all, for our listeners, if you would, Barry, give us a little background information on yourself and, and uh, what brought you to, uh, and we call it TAX, but T- Texas Association of Community Schools. Right. Well, I, uh, I, I spent 41 years in, uh, as an educator, uh, and uh, the, the, I spent uh, 15 years as a teacher and a coach, and then I was a principal for uh, seven and a superintendent for 20, if that'll all add up to, to uh, 41. I hope it does. I think it does. But, <laughs> but uh, and, and uh, my, my entire career was in small and mid-sized schools in Texas. Uh, we went all the way from far west Texas, my wife and I did, teaching in far west Texas, uh, central Texas. Uh, the majority of the time ended up being in the Texas panhandle, however. Right. Uh, and uh, when we retired, I, I moved uh, to uh, – my wife and I moved to the Austin area. I had uh, served on the uh, tax board two different times uh, during my career. Uh, so I'd, I'd served about seven years on the board. I had a fairly good understanding of what our mission and what our purpose and all was. Right. And so that first year after retirement, I, I, I got involved in uh, uh, helping uh, the executive director at that time, Ken McCraw, during the legislative session. I told him, Ken, I'm just sitting here. I've got nothing but time. Right. And uh, so that legislative session, I, I just spent a lot of time working with him and with the legislature and, and just just to, to, to fill my day. But during that session, he announced that he was planning to retire. And, uh, you know, one thing followed the other, and, sure. and I ended up in this position. Well, I know that one of, the, one of my goals for this podcast, this session, is to get a variety of people in to talk to about their focus for the session. And we have so many groups in Texas that represent kind of a niche market, I guess you will, of education. And so if you would kind of tell us a little more about uh, community schools and what your focuses are, focus is for this session. Okay, fantastic. Well, uh, the Texas Texas Association of Community Schools is is made up of, as I said, small and mid-sized school districts in Texas. And we consider any school district that has fewer than 12,000 students to be a uh, a mid-sized or small school. Uh, And our membership is also those school districts who have only one high school. Now, the majority of our membership are small and have one high school. But 
one of the outliers for us that, that's really interesting and, and exciting for us is Allen ISD, which is one of the uh, – uh, larger school districts in Texas right. only has one high school, and so Allen has always been a member of our uh, association. I imagine if we went far enough back in the files, we'd find that uh, probably when they were a, a class A school, uh, they they started their membership with us, and they have kept that uh, going forward through the years. So we do work with a wide variety of school districts and size. Uh, we work with all school districts, uh, whether they're Chapter 41 or Chapter 42, right. uh, regardless of uh, of the issues that, that they might be facing in their region, and we are a statewide organization. Uh, we, we, try to, we try to be uh, uh, a resource for them, Some uh, an organization that can uh, listen and help solve problems. Now, sometimes those problems are with DEA. Sometimes those problems are with SBEC. Sometimes they might be with the legislature. But right. uh, that's that's really our focus. And and in our bylaws, our founders identified four areas that we were going to be focused on. One of them was, uh, and the first one, and the one that our board and, and membership considers to be one of the most important that we have is advocacy with the state agencies. Right. Uh, but then the second one is uh, that we encourage good classroom uh, instruction. And uh, we have a really unique way, I think, that we do that. We have a statewide contest. We call it the Academic Challenge. Uh, it's a uh, it's a question-answer contest for a team of, of uh, students uh, from a from a high school, and uh, they they uh, work for scholarship dollars, right. and we give out about uh, anywhere from seventy five thousand to ninety five thousand dollars a year in scholarships uh, to, to high school students, and most of it is through this uh, this academic uh, contest that we have. Also, we're uh, our our founders saw professional development as being an important tool that we can provide, and we do that through a, a state meeting and through regional meetings, uh, regional uh, conferences that we hold. And then finally, uh, our, our guys were and ladies were so foresightful that they said, uh, and we're going to get along, we're going to get along with everybody who shares our goals. And so that means we don't go into this as uh, seeing any other organization or any other group as a competitor, but we, we look for ways that we can work together. We look for those common things that bring us all uh, to the whatever the, the, the problem is we're trying to focus on. Right. So that, that's kind of uh, who tax is. That's, uh, that's, been our, that's been our history. That's the legacy that's been left to us, and, and we just do our very, very best to keep that alive. Yeah, and you're doing some good things. And full disclosure, I was a former board member of uh, Tax back when I yeah. was in East Texas, and was always one of my favorite organizations. And I think you do great work. And the the regional meetings that you put on have always been top notch, and and your state uh, wide meetings. Yeah. So we appreciate the work that you're doing. And well, had an interesting. It's, uh, it's, it's it's interesting and it and it's enjoyable. It is, and it's it's never never boring, is it? 
never boring. <laughs> I talked with uh, Kevin Brown last week with TASA, yeah. and, and one of the things we talked about was all the different groups and how it's really nice if we can get all on the same page on at least the key issues and the low-hanging Absolutely. fruit, and we're all on the same page. I think that makes a huge difference in our, it, with our legislators, yeah. so I appreciate you doing that. So, so what are you looking at really this session as being the top priorities for tax? Well, uh, probably, if it, you know, there, there are several that we work on. I'm just going to say right off, probably the top two that we spend significant amount of time talking to people about are school finance and testing. Sure. So those are the two things that, that are kind of on the agenda, I guess you could say, for this session. Now, we, we have been spending the last probably two weeks working with legislators on what we think to be some common sense uh, transparency issues that would relate to the charter school movement in Texas right? and some things that could kind of put us both on a what we think would be a little more level playing field. So we've been doing that. Uh, there's always con- a, a time to talk about health insurance, whether it's uh, active care or uh, TRS care uh, for the retirees, and we and we do that. But but we are really uh, hopeful for school finance uh, reform, something right. that provides uh, some discretionary funding for school districts. Uh, that's been one of the things that uh, has been missing time after time after time, session after session after session. Sure. While after each session, except for one, they'll look back and say, "Well, look, you got more, you got more money, you got more funding," but it's always programmatic funding. You have to put something in place to get the funds, and inflation has just been eating away at the discretionary funds that school districts have had. Yeah. So we're, we're, uh, we are really concerned about uh, how the uh, small and mid-sized school allotment uh, comes out of this session. Right. Uh, be, be, because of uh, the economies of scale, uh, it, it costs more to provide a, a program in a small school than it does in a Dallas, sure. and uh, there is an allotment that helps uh, allow for that difference, but there is some discussion about tinkering with that that's going to have a, a pretty big impact on the small and mid-sized schools in Texas, and, and we're doing our very, very best to, uh, to, to minimize the, the uh, harm that any changes to that uh, allotment might, might cause. Sure. So, so let's dig in a little bit on the school finance thing. So, okay, we have the Senate, and, and I'll just give you my three thousand foot view of things. We have the Senate who put out a three point seven billion dollar funding package for education, right. all tied to a five thousand dollar pay raise for teachers. Right. We have the House who put in, I believe, somewhere between seven and nine billion. Right. And it's more based on the formulas. However, they threw in the caveat that they believe we need to be paying for performance. So, right. uh, which I talked with uh, Dr. Michelle Smith with Raise Your Hand about this, and and I will still go on record saying that has got to be the worst piece of legislation filed this session when you start paying more money to kids who are doing better. Yeah. I mean, that's almost yeah. the exact opposite of what, one would think you would be doing is putting your resources where the kids need it the most. But anyway, right. so so you've got those two uh, 
you know, the Senate side, the House side, they're, the, the three leaders are playing kumbaya right now. They're holding hands, and we're all on the same page. But at some point, bills are going to be written, and they're going to start taking right. votes on this. And right. uh, to me, the Senate and the House are light years apart on what they're wanting to do. So mm-hmm. just give me your take on on, okay. on where you think we are and where you think we will end up. Well, this is the this is the fourth session that I've actually spent significant amount of time looking at the legislature at work, and I will say during those four sessions, the Senate and the House on school finance have always been light years apart. You know, they we we've, we've uh, I haven't been through a session yet where the Senate and the House came in just totally aligned and and carried the same idea. Uh, all the way through to the end of the session as far as school finance is concerned. So there's not anything really new uh, in that idea that school finance uh, in those two houses look significantly different. Uh, In one of the uh, early House Public Education Committee meetings, uh, Chairman Huberty asked that we not be, and we being the audience that day, not be too critical about uh, what we hear about school finance until we get a bill. Right. Because he said that bill is being uh, negotiated and worked on every day uh, up to the time that we that we file it. So uh, so we we have uh, done our best to be patient, but it's it as you say it's not easy when you have the uh, commission report that they spent a year working on with some very specific recommendations to the legislature. Right. And you have to assume that some of those are going to find their way uh, into the bills. And uh, there are, there are things to uh, criticize about all, many of the recommendations sure. that are in that commission report. So that, that does lead to some worry. So we are, we are anxious for, for especially the house bill, uh, to come out, uh, as you said in the Senate, we we do have the the uh, teacher piece. Now, one of the, one of the things that I kind of keep an eye on or, or think about at least uh, is when when the House and the Senate released their budgets, the uh, the Senate kept a little over three billion dollars, I believe, back. That was their their budget's about three billion dollars less than the House budget. Right. Uh, and I did hear uh, one of the chairmen uh, in the Senate say, now, Senate Bill uh, Senate Bill 3 is just the teacher pay part of our plan. So I'm I'm thinking there is a, there's a chance that there's going to be another bill that's so going to be more to that. Yeah. That's going to take care of the kind of the rest of the education needs. Well, because, good. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm that's I'm wishful thinking, that, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm hoping is going to happen. Right. I, I can't say I'm going to say it with any confidence, but if if they if they don't, then there's barely enough money to pay for growth. You know, uh, just in, increased number of students that are going to be in school for the next two years. Well, and like if they you, don't do something. Yeah, and like you mentioned, we spent a year with this commission, and and then the only thing the Senate has put out so far is something that wasn't even mentioned in the commission. So yeah. that was very yeah. odd to to me looking from the outside yeah. in on why well, that was. Well, you know, I think you and I both know that uh, 
the one bill that the Senate has produced on education uh, has a lot more to do with uh, November of 2018 than it has to do with a year spent studying school finance. Exactly. There's no question. So what else are you looking at? Well, we've got uh, uh, testing. Uh, testing kind of stays on our agenda, and uh, we we are uh, always pushing for uh, some common sense solutions to testing and accountability. Right. Uh, there, there, uh, <clears throat> there is a, a group that works here, a TAMSA. Uh, they're the moms that uh, organized to uh, advocate for uh, meaningful assessment right. and meaningful accountability. And uh, and we work. Uh, we we try to work closely with them. They're a, they're a good, powerful grassroots voice, and sometimes that's. Uh, uh, more powerful than uh, than organizations and and uh, uh, school people, uh, yeah. And uh, and so we try to we try to to, to stay close with them. We try to uh, support what they're doing. We try to follow behind them with kind of the same message to try to reduce testing down to just just those things the federal government requires. Uncouple testing from uh, accountability and uh, uh, and then uh, uh, kind of connected to that, one of the things that's getting a lot of buzz down here this week is the uh, Texas Monthly article that addressed the readability of the star, not only the star reading portions, but also the readability level of the questions. Exactly. And, uh, and I think there's going to be uh, – I, I know that uh, last week Chairman Huberty uh, said that the House Public Education Committee will be uh, visiting with TEA about the readability issue on STAR tests, uh, I believe, this week. And so we're all kind of looking forward to that, uh, to that hearing uh, to, to see what, what direction that goes. He, he made the statement, if it's broken, we will fix it. So now we're anxious to see uh, what goes into determining if it's broken, and if it uh, if it's determined to be, then uh, what does that fix look like? Yeah, and I know there has been some pushback already from TEA on the uh, article regarding testing, but I can tell you I've been saying for years that we spend all this time focusing on the accountability side and what counts and, and what are we basing everything on. And we're in my opinion, we've been basing – our entire accountability system on a flawed test. We, we have yep. a flawed test. And I think, you know, the researchers have dug in and, and have produced this report that shows it's a flawed test. And yet we still continue to give school districts A's through F's on a flawed test from the start. And so uh, hopefully they will look seriously at the test itself. And I agree with uh, the, the folks at TAMS. I'll follow them as well. And, you know, they're advocating for more meaningful testing system in Texas, one that's more diagnostic. It helps kids. It helps parents know where their kids are. And it's not tied to this high-stakes test that, that it currently is. So we're hoping, right. I, I'm afraid that's that issue is going to be in the background because so much focus is on tests. I mean, it's on school finance. But we, mm -hmm. we hope that there's a group out there that will – continue pushing to make some changes in that test itself absolutely absolutely yes we were we were actually talking in the office today 
uh, with some of uh, some of the other people that work with us at, at the Capitol. And uh, the the thought is that probably in the next week or so, that school finance bill is going to come out uh, from the House. And uh, the the feeling is once the school finance bill comes out this session, a lot of breaks are going to go on. And uh, it's going to take a lot of attention and a lot of time. And and so uh, there may be a a limit to what is going to positive things that can happen for public education outside of school finance once that school finance bill comes out. Right. I think you're right on that. One other issue I want to touch on, because I will tell you that I think tax has done the best job of any group out there on this issue, and that is trying to get administrators and educators and teachers to actually go to the polls and vote. I know well, you, you guys have done a, a huge push to get that out there. I think you've, uh, you're starting to see that pendulum switch uh, swing a little bit. We, we yeah. wish it would get to where every educator voted every election 100%. I think we would change politics in, oh, in one election. But uh, Yeah, yeah we, don't, I mean, we, 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 we are just sticking our toe into the, into the pool of what can potentially happen no doubt. if educators become engaged yep. in voting. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, after uh, after the first session, uh, so it'd been 2015 In 2015, after that session was over, the uh, one of the lobbyists that uh, worked with that session and I were talking and and it was just uh, kind of a pity party, I guess. I don't know how else to put it (laughs) because we were just uh, this is such hard work. I mean, educators aren't respected. Uh, the, The the schools are are uh, uh, put down during uh, hearings in the education committees. It was just, there was just a, a, a really uh, negative feeling towards schools and school people. Uh, uh, vouchers were hot in that session, and we, we, it took everybody pulling together just to turn that uh, a little bit different direction. Right. And so we said, well, golly. If this would be so much easier if we just had a few legislators that were positive about public education, a few more. Let me don't, I don't want to say a few. We just need a few more legislators because we've always had a core group of legislators that have been pro-public education. Right. But they were just so outnumbered in in 2015, especially. And uh, so we said, what could we do? And and so. In that conversation, we came up with, let's start it. Maybe we could start a group, and we called it Texas Educators Vote. And, uh, and we began to just push a message to our membership. The, the people we communicate with make up nine, 900-plus of the 1,020 ISDs in Texas. Right. So we've got, a, we've got a nice audience to communicate to. And so we just started to push a positive message about encourage your people to vote. And we gave them uh, each week we would have a little bit different lesson on something to, to, to talk to their staff about, about the power of voting, the importance of voting. Uh, we, we went through 
another legislative session that was a little better, but not a lot. But we did see enough progress to keep pushing that message. Fortunately, there were others who began to push the same message with different groups. And all of a sudden, we had maybe three or four groups that were pushing that same message. And and so the audience grew and grew and grew till we actually saw some positive impact uh, this November. Yeah, the tone has definitely changed in Austin just after one election, and and that was, uh, you know, the numbers are, are vary, but we we certainly got more educators out to vote in the last yes. election, yeah. especially I mean, in the, the general. The, yeah, the estimate is the estimate is that fifty percent of the educators voted. Um, that's that's just kind of a number that's been taken for granted here. Uh, I I like to say Dan Patrick got four hundred thousand fewer votes than the governor. I'd like to say there were at least 400,000 more educators and friends of education than voted anyway. Yeah, exactly. And you look at some of the numbers from the election with uh, Patrick and Collier and and mm-hmm. uh, some of those folks that did not spend any money yet came really no. close to winning. Uh, uh, no. The tone has definitely changed. Again, I, I will believe it when I see the votes uh, on bills that are actually Absolutely. cast. Absolutely. But, but at least they're talking a good game right now. They are talking a good game and you're right. I mean it comes down to when they push that when they push that button on their desk and that light comes up green or red. Exactly. That's, that's, we'll see that's, we'll see where that, they really that's where, stand. That's where the proof is. Exactly. Well Barry, what other uh issues are going on at tax or where can people find information about tax if they're interested? Good. Uh well I always come to our website. You can just Google uh, TACSnet.org, and that'll bring you to our website, or we are www.tacsnet.org. Either of those okay. will get to us. And uh, and we try to we try to have as, uh, a, a pretty vibrant and a pretty informative uh, bit of information. And uh, we, we would, in, uh, you know, just appreciate communicating with anybody. Who has a, an interest in in improving public education and and being a positive voice for students in the in the state of Texas? What about on social media? Do you have some presence there? We're on social media, as far as yes, Twitter yes, and Facebook, we are. We we tweet and we have a, a Facebook page. And they can just look you up there on Texas Association. Absolutely, yes. Schools. In fact, if you come to our website, I think you can get to both of those. I think you can get to our Twitter account and to our Facebook page from there. Very good. Well, Barry, we certainly appreciate you being with us today, and we thank you for the great work that TAX is doing on behalf of the 5.4 million students in Texas, and uh, keep up the great work. Hey, thank you very much, Jim. Always great visiting with you, and uh, good luck on every, uh, every endeavor in the future. Thank you, Barry. Appreciate it. This is Game Day Media.